the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Shout out to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams. <laughs> this one might be the one that gets us in, uh, in uh, I don't want to say hot water. Uh, in Dutch? Uh, maybe in Dutch. Maybe in Mandarin. Maybe in Perhaps. Cantonese. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's definitely not something that we've uh, shied away from on our other show, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, but it's definitely a subject that a lot of people may be more familiar with just from the ubiquitous ad uh, and marketing campaign of this thing that we're talking about today, Shin Yun. There's like literally memes where it's like a Shin Yun billboard on the moon because whoever does the marketing for this thing has it on lock pretty good. Their budget must be through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm Ben. You're Noel. It's true. We we do another uh, show called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, where we have an episode that might be a good counterpart to this called What's Going On with the Falun Gong. We also want to tell you, I, I you know, I'm not a big fan of overhyping stuff, but uh, Stefan via SNL style, this story has everything. It's got uh, some romance like you would see in uh, our sister show, Ridiculous Romance. It's got some crime like you would see in our peer podcast, Ridiculous Crime. And this thing is always in the news such that I wouldn't be surprised if our pals on Ridiculous News cover it soon. 
It's very true. It's also just kind of in the zeitgeist. It's everywhere. You look, whether it's in like a little, you know, leaflet uh, that's shoved under your, you know, car windshield wiper or like a little doorknob hanger thingy or just a a flyer in a a restaurant, for example, or like I said before, a billboard. Uh, Shen Yun is a theatrical experience that really sort of almost Cirque du Soleil style focuses on dance and, and, uh, you know, uh, acrobatics and, you know, the- drama and all of that stuff. It's, it's, it's not really a story per se. It's more of a variety show. And it, on the surface, it's meant to highlight kind of the culture of China. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, visually, it's stunning. Like you could see it in Vegas, the same way you would see Cirque du Soleil or Siegfried and Roy. It's also very transparent in uh, its overall narrative in a way that surprises some theater goers, which we'll we'll get into. You would you wouldn't be able to tell uh, much about the history and uh, ownership of Shenyan if you just looked at the flyers. But you have probably seen these if you live in a big city in the United States. One of the more popular taglines you've used in the past is. 5,000 years of civilization reborn. Uh, you can, you like, it's as, as ubiquitous as those cars for kids jingles. Uh, you will see a lot of people going just because they love the visuals. It feels like a cultural experience. But today's episode is about the, uh, the true owners, the orchestrators. You could say the puppet masters, but definitely the choreographers of Shen Yun a spiritual movement known as Falun Gong or Falun Dafa. Uh, Before maybe we get to there, uh, before we unpack that, Noel, maybe we, uh, maybe we give the official, like the Shen Yun narrative of what Shen Yun is. So according to the troupe who performs this all over the country, based out of their headquarters in New York, what is Shen Yun? What what do they do in the story? Yeah, I mean it's like well, it's like the tagline suggests, you know, it's 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 a highlighting of the rich cultural history of China as a country, as a people, it really as a cultural kind of hub. Um, in you know, in terms of the the dance and the the costumes and the various you know eras, uh, they they describe from the Yellow Emperor of antiquity to the splendor of the Tang Dynasty, all the way to the exquisite elegance of the Qing. The lineage of Chinese civilization runs five millennia deep. It is a story brimming with heroes, real and imagined, their legacy preserved in tales of courage and sacrifice, integrity and loyalty, compassion and virtue. Mm-hmm. And Big stuff. Yeah, and they talk about China's ancient name, the land of the divine. Uh, it is true that the history of the country of China does date back into mythology, uh, especially when you get into the ancient days. And this is the place where people figured out some fundamentals of medicine, of calligraphy, paper, gunpowder, lots of stuff come from ancient China. And this seems like it's a cultural celebration of this. However, you're not going to see the Shen Yun show actually in the PRC, the People's Republic of China, because the Communist Party thinks the uh, <laughs> thinks that Shen Yun and the, its creators are a threat to the rule of the party. Which sounds weird. It sounds like it, it almost sounds like we're saying 
you know, the White House has banned Cirque du Soleil for all of their, you know, anti-capitalist leanings or something. Like you would, you would wonder why are you hitting up a circus act like this? But as we'll see, there's a lot more to the story. China has systematically, uh, especially during the Cultural Revolution, destroyed ancient treasures. They had uprooted traditional beliefs. According, again, this is Shen Yun's side of the story. Uh, according to them, in 2006, a group of Chinese artists, classical artists, came together in NYC and they said, we're going to revive the traditional, divinely inspired culture of China. We're going to share it with the world. We're going to do it through this thing we're calling Shen Yun. And you'll see, no, like you can find their literature online or in person where they talk about the artistic freedom they enjoy. They talk about how nothing like this can be seen in China today and they're not still not allowed to perform there. That's true. Uh, and they say that they're sparking a cultural renaissance. Fascinating, isn't it? Uh, when these kinds of regimes come into power in a part of the world where so much history has laid the groundwork for, for what is, you know, the now, whether it be, um, you know, Romans sweeping in and trying to get rid of uh, other faiths or, or whatever it might be. We just know that this typically does not work, but it creates so much division and, um, and backlash. Uh, so it is a really interesting thing to think about this being kind of this cultural revolution, but it turns out it's not quite as simple as that tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. 
That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Right. Yeah, that's correct. The issue here is the organization, the spiritual movement, Falun Gong. It was founded by a man named Li Hongxi, who registered the group with the Chinese government back in 1992. And uh, Li Hongxi had to do this because after the Tiananmen Square protest, the Chinese Communist Party, excuse me, required all social organizations to register with the party. He blew up really quickly. A lot of people started following him. They started holding these huge rallies. And if you look at if you look at what they're doing, they're practicing uh, qigong or qigong breathing exercises, right? And and Lee himself said he developed this system after consulting and learning from more than twenty masters, but. In addition to the kind of breathing exercises you might be thinking of or picturing, he added a lot more mythological lore or spiritual lore, teachings about a world full of demons and aliens, and uh, his books became bestsellers. Uh, There were more than 2,000 Falun Gong practice stations in Beijing alone by the mid-90s. And at first, from what I understand, uh, at the very beginning— the Chinese government wasn't super uh, opposed to them the way they are now. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it was a little bit more of a of a cozy relationship at first because it did focus on this pursuit of virtue and tradition, which I guess was something that the Chinese government officials were able to kind of get behind, um, even were praised for. Uh, the, the 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 focus on these kinds of uh, these kinds of values. So the founder uh, back then of Falun Gong was credited in one of China's um, state-run, you know, um, bodies, the Ministry of Public Security, as a way of promoting traditional crime-fighting virtues of the Chinese people, in safeguarding social order and security, and in promoting rectitude in society. Yeah, and the, even the National Sports Commission said, hey, Falun Dafa, Falun Gong, is helpful for individuals from a medical perspective, and it actually saves our country some money when it comes to healthcare. But as we explored in stuff they don't want you to know, there was a turn, uh, that a, there's a turn that went down in the 1990s, and the Communist Party began to be concerned that a large chunk of the population was more loyal to the leader of Falun Gong than they were to the party, which is always a big, big no-no in an authoritarian regime. So by 1999, this is where numbers get sticky, right? Because movements, let's be honest, can sometimes embellish their numbers, and governments can sometimes embellish the numbers of what they see as opponents. So take it with a grain of salt, By 1999, the Chinese government was estimating the group had 70 million members, which sounds like a cartoonishly impossible number until you remember that 
the country of China has 1.3 billion something people living in it. So it's not impossible. They started cracking down. Uh, there was there were protests that were being held in front of government compounds, as described by Gia Tolentino in the New Yorker. Eventually, the authorities put out arrest an arrest warrant for Lee, but Lee was already long gone. He knew something was in the wind, and so he ghosted out to Queens, New York, which would later go on to be the headquarters of Shenyang. Just connecting some Charlie Day dots here. But as we know, a big hallmark of the Communist Party and of the Chinese Communist Party specifically is information control and censorship. Although that actually was one of the less problematic uh, bits of backlash that uh, Falun Gong folks had to deal with. According to an Access Wire uh, piece uh, that was republished in Yahoo Finance in March of this year, Human rights organizations estimated that thousands of Falun Gong followers have been jailed and even killed for refusing to denounce their beliefs. Because, again, a lot of this this true backlash came from a concern that these folks were more uh, loyal to the, the founder of Falun Gong than they were to the Communist Party. So when they refused to denounce their beliefs uh, and essentially bend the knee, you know, or swear fealty, if, uh, if any Game of Thrones fans out there, they were jailed and potentially even killed in certain situations. So Falun Gong went from being this sort of, you know, running mate of the state, I guess, uh, to being kind of persona non grata. And anyone associated with it had the potential to be, you know, harassed and dealt with in the harshest possible terms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... The idea of making a movement illegal sounds might sound very strange to people based in the U.S., but this is exactly what happened. Uh, the PRC since 1999 had been trying to crack down on the movement by blocking internet access to websites that mentioned Falun Gong. They called it an heretical organization. They even, uh, on the official website of the Chinese embassy in the United States, describe Li Hongxi as an evil figure whose fraudulent behavior has, quote, seriously disrupted social order and sabotaged the hard-earned social stability of China. And Falun Gong also has been accusing the Chinese government of harvesting organs from imprisoned Falun Gong Ooh. followers. Yeah. And now that's a hot, that's, that's a hot accusation. Many experts will dispute this, but nobody is disputing that the government is cracking down on Falun Gong. And there's one thing that's tough here, which is that both, both uh, entities in this conflict, Falun Gong and the PRC, the, or the, the Communist Party, excuse me, they both communicate via propaganda. Remember how I mentioned earlier the tricky thing about embellishing numbers? It's kind of tough to triangulate the truth from these sources. Uh, you will see that Falun Gong has been described for this reason as one of the most mysterious chapters in the history of modern China. The censorship regimen is simply growing and exploding still. We know that Falun Gong members are genuinely persecuted. We just don't know to what degree that occurs. And you wouldn't know any of this if you looked at just a Shenyun ad. 
No, and you wouldn't know any of this if it weren't for folks, you know, in the system there putting themselves at serious risk. Because again, as we know, the kind of iron-fisted control of the Chinese, you know, Communist Party has over information uh, is very, very real. So, yeah, we, we're not going to get any of the, the real details here um, outside of certain human rights watch groups who aren't given access because they don't have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They don't really have a way to force the government to give them unfettered access. And you see similar issues uh, with the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. So this is like, this is a known pattern. But with Shenyun itself, you gotta, you gotta admit, like it's a super lavish production. It's everywhere. You might be surprised to learn Shenyun is a nonprofit, despite the fact that it has more than $75 million in assets, more than $22 million in annual revenue. And if you look at how much money they spend, uh, you might be surprised to learn that uh, it, they're in the black in terms of accounting, right? Like they're not a losing proposition. And there's a great piece in The Guardian that our research associate, Dr. Zach, found by Nicholas Hume Brown, who talks about just how coordinated the advertising campaign is, because it really is propaganda. And again, propaganda is not always inherently bad, just to be clear, but this this definitely does have a narrative, and it, it is a persuasive show. It's trying to convince you to believe certain things. And in that New Yorker article I mentioned earlier, you can get in the weeds of the finances. You can see that we're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars, but we need to note that the reason Shenyun's finances seem to pencil out is because they have a lot of volunteers working there, a lot of Falun Gong followers. Like just the the one in the office in San Francisco has 100 volunteers. The theater company has 211. They're making a lot of money. And uh, off air, we talked about whether or not this was us coming down too hard on the government of China. But just like in our Stuff They Don't Want You to Know episode, we see that there's a lot of uh, questionable stuff on Falun Gong's side, too. I mean, Falun Gong is really waging a... I don't want to call it a war, but a propaganda conflict. They're using what's called anti-communist agitprop, agitating propaganda. And things got really weird for a lot of U.S. residents when they teamed up with the former Trump administration. What? Er, Record scratch. So any New Yorkers might be aware of any number of you know, pamphlets or or small kind of run newspapers associated with certain ethnic groups in the city, some of which are really cool and and very, very interesting um, and and not necessarily fully propaganda at all. But one in particular, um, the Epoch Times, that once was a very small, low-budget newspaper with kind of an anti-China, not anti-Chinese, anti-China, the state, you know, bent that was handed out and like much like those other ones that I was talking about for free uh, on the streets of New York. But around 2016 and 2017, um, the paper kind of pivoted uh, in, in a couple of very important ways and became one of the United States most ubiquitous and and powerful, really, uh, online um, distributors of information. The changes also gave way to the uh, publication essentially becoming a 
let's just say, a means of disinformation. Not specifically about China, but about American politics. It became kind of a leading uh, spreader of right-wing propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Big thanks to uh, Kevin Rose over at the New York Times wrote an excellent article about this because the... They bet it. They bet big on Facebook and became a world class source of right wing misinformation. They treated President Trump as an ally in Falun Gong's uh, fight against the ruling Communist Party, and as U.S. politics became more divisive during the rise of uh, the Trump candidacy and later presidency, they bet increasingly on Trump and criticized his opponents. So they were able to do something that, you know, Russian disinfo forces have done as well, creating dozens and dozens of dummy Facebook pages, getting a lot of viral clickbait, like, hey, look at these unusual animal friends. Oh, what's that penguin doing with that tiger? Stuff like that. I made up the penguin tiger video, but send me one if there's a real one. I'll watch it. They found that this goal here, the goal of the Facebook strategy, was to turn the Epoch Times into the world's largest and most authoritative media and then leverage that to introduce millions of people to the teachings of Falun Gong. And now, even now, as we record, the Epoch Times and its affiliates are a big force in right-wing media. They have tens of millions of social media followers against, you know, when you aggregate all the platforms and all the pages together. They also, like, they're... Their audiences could go toe-to-toe numbers-wise with Breitbart or The Daily Caller, and they also started influencing Trump's inner circle. Absolutely. And it's interesting, if you go to the website, uh, theepictimes.com, you see exactly what we're talking about. It's, it, it looks pretty much like you'd see some, something you'd see on the front page of Breitbart. And they're, uh, you know, much like a lot of these um, kind of spurless, let's say, sources, they have a uh, tagline that really emphasizes, really hits home just how just right and and, uh, and and steadfast and, and you know, pure they are. Truth and tradition, fact-based, unbiased. So let's throw in some more words, some buzzwords there that probably is, is, it means the opposite of, of what is actually true. And again, we're not a political show here, but this these types of whether you whatever side of the divide you fall on, there are certain sources that it is impossible to ignore that they are just absolutely capitalizing on uh, fear mongering and misinformation in order to serve another goal. And the interesting thing here is it isn't even like the right wing goal of, of, of American politicians. It's something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's just sort of a uh, a coincidental common cause. Uh, we know that Trump administration sat with reporters from Epic Times for interviews. They were in White House press briefings. Uh, this is this is a success story because they're getting closer and closer to the levers of power inside one of China's largest rivals, China's largest rival geopolitically. Full stop. Uh, they even, you know, they they still. You know, we're repping their stripes. In 2006, uh, Epic Times reporter disrupted a White House visit by the Chinese president, and they busted in and they were just yelling, evil people will die early. 
Uh, wow. So kind of hard to smooth that one over. You know, like, what do you say? That's a compliment in Queens, sir. Yeah, right. <laughs> but how do they reconcile, like, you know, how much America needs China and how just to kind of entrench the two countries are with one another? And, you know, whereas I know that Trump did do some rhetoric kind of surrounding, you know, big talk against China, but then ultimately ended up cozying to President Xi pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's Xi Jinping. Uh, the yeah, the the issue is that they're hoping to leverage a already increasingly radicalized base, and then insert their own beliefs and cause into that base. Sort of make it a combo meal, right? Like uh, how big coleslaw uh, made itself part of every Chick Fil A combo. That's not Got a it. true story, but you believed it for a second, didn't you? Folks? I did. <laughs> so, and I hate coleslaw. Yeah, I'm I'm an enemy of it as well. Sorry, I love most food, but coleslaw is just, something's not right with it. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino <laughs> and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it so uh the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, 
Oh, man, and funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So we have to, we have to, point this out. They also promoted a lot of conspiracy theories against uh, Trump's political rivals or enemies. Uh, They've been linked to promotion of QAnon conspiracy theories and spreading misinfo about voter fraud and so on. They also, of course, when COVID hit, called it the CCP virus, trying to link it to the Chinese Communist Party directly. I believe we're required to say that the Epoch Times themselves says they're independent and nonpartisan and absolutely not officially associated with Falun Gong. That's right. And if we buried the lead there, and that that is where this this the this publication in its earliest forms was very much um, connected. You know, that's what it was. It was an anti-Chinese state publication that was handed out like almost like you'd, you know, get uh, literature from Hare Krishna's at the airport or something like that. It was very much, you know, spreading a particular ideology and then it morphed into this. So if that affiliation went by the wayside, <laughs> it's, it's not really clear from the, from the record. But it honestly serves them better to say they're not affiliated with that organization. Yeah. And just the issue is, at least for me, I don't think that's true. I think they've just been told to say that. Uh, The New York Times contacted Falun Gong practitioners and employees of Epoch Times to try to figure this out. And they said they couldn't divulge details of how the paper was actually run or how the media outfit was run. And they said that Speaking negatively about the Epoch Times would be the same thing as disobeying Mr. Lee, uh, who, of course, the Falun Gong disciples refer to as master. Uh, and the outlet, when when the New York Times asked them some of these hard questions, Epoch Times repo- uh, replied by saying, you're defaming and diminishing us because we're a competitor and you are either being religious, you're attempting religious intimidation or outright bigotry by linking us to Falun Gong. We will not be intimidated. We will not be silenced. Uh, We will consider all legal options. But again, it seems like they're related from every, everything that has been discovered and is on public record. It's true. And so that's just one weird turn of the story. And again, we're not intending this to be a hit piece on any of these organizations, but there are some very odd kind of uh, details that, that emerge the, the deeper you dig. So we've, we've gone into the China part of it. We've gone into how Xin Yun was definitely at one point associated with this epic times. Now let's get more into what the actual beliefs and practices of uh, Falun Gong are. And where maybe there might be some 
uh, slightly sketchy stuff contained therein as well, because we, you know, the early part of the story really makes them out to kind of be these protectors of Chinese culture and these freedom fighters against, you know, something that we could rightly identify with as being a, a negative force. The idea of this totalitarian regime that uh, that does, you know, clamp down on censorship and and information control and all of that stuff. But when you really dig into the organization itself, there's some pretty sus stuff in there, too. Yeah, and this is where you get to the argument about whether or not this organization should be considered a cult, which is very sensitive because as as we know, I'm sure you don't have to tell you folks, most organizations that you would think of as cults will get offended if you use the C word to refer to them. So Li Hongxi, if we're getting into beliefs, then we see that former believers have some pretty disturbing pictures of daily life under his control. They said, you know, we don't have access to information. We can't use modern medicine. He will tell us who to have a romantic relationship with. The practitioners, the followers, are expected to devote their lives to the message of Falun Gong and Master Lee. You've got to cut off friends and family members who aren't going to get on board with the message. This is classic day one cult stuff. Lee, if we want to get to the specific beliefs, Lee says stuff like evolution is made up, it's a hoax, it's a fraud. He also says heaven practices racial segregation. People, the heaven is real. People of different races are going to be separate. Uh, homosexuality and promiscuity are unnatural. Let's see what else. Oh, the reason people are dependent on modern science is because aliens are trying to control humans through it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting detail. The, the the aliens are the ones that are that really have the stranglehold on on the information, um, not the Chinese government. So that's yeah. This is almost like the the stuff you find out about Scientology once you get further down the bridge. Uh, and, and one you know very important hallmark of cults that we've talked about um, is in the past here on the show and also on stuff they don't want you to know is the necessity of members to cut off ties with outsiders, uh, whether it be to whether it be their family or friends or anyone that could be seen as a negative influence or or in some way contradicting what they're being taught under the tutelage of like, you know, the, the, the leader of, of the movement or whatever it might be. Also to proselytize and spread the word and pass out these pamphlets and, you know, go forth and all of that stuff. And that is a thing that appears to be part of Falun Gong's uh, practices in the, in the way they're, you know, expe they expect their uh, adherents to behave. Mm -hmm. And they also seem very at least outsiders, they seem incredibly defensive and reactive, not just to criticism, but to basic questions, you know, the kind of stuff that you might ask as a person on the street if you want to learn more, you know, teach me more about Falun Gong. What do you think about this? Blah, blah, blah. That's why cult experts like Rick Allen Ross, uh, who founded the Cult Education Institute, devotes two chapters to Falun Gong in his book, Cults Inside Out, How People Get In and Can Get Out. Uh, he has worked in deprogramming Falun Gong followers. He says they are a cult. He says they're a destructive cult. He compares Master Lee to L. Ron Hubbard, founder of uh, Scientology. And uh, he apparently also, Ross has been able to get more ideas about the inner workings of Falun Gong. And he said Lee claims to possess supernatural powers. 
and uh, says that Shen Yun is ultimately, at the end of the day, a multi-million dollar marketing and recruitment arm of Lee's financial empire. I still got to say, though, man, I really wanted to go back uh, to Shen Yun back in my college days. And after learning the stuff we did on Stuff They Want You Know and a couple of other shows uh, that I appeared on, I feel pretty conflicted. Like, would you guys still go to Shen Yun, a Shen Yun performance, knowing this? I don't know. Not knowing where the money's funneling back. I don't think so. I, I, I actually did. They, I used to work at a theater back in, in Augusta where I grew up. Uh, I worked at kind of a, a mid-sized, you know, maybe a thousand seats th- theater, a little less. And we hosted Shinyon once. Or if it wasn't Shinyon, it was something very Shinyon adjacent. It was very mm-hmm. similar. And I might be conflating it in my mind. If that's the case, then, then forgive me. But uh, no, I, I don't think I would. You know, there, there are also reports that, uh, you know, people that have left or let's call it escaped, I guess, this this organization have claimed that uh, the, the leader believed that he could, or that he, they, they were led to truly believe that the leader could read their minds and uh, and and pull out their deepest, darkest thoughts and judge them accordingly. Yeah, no, I was I was actually pretty creeped out beforehand because. Right before we were recording, I was eating lunch and I was just like watching the news and a Shenyan commercial came on. I'm like, oh, wow, we are literally about to record an episode about this. I've been reading about this. Like, this is uh, creeping me. But I have one question for you guys. Sure. This cult expert, Rick Allen Ross, that's a different Rick Ross, right? Yeah. No, unfortunately, it's a different Rick Ross, which is why he had to go with Allen Ross. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if, <laughs> if they were the same guy. Yeah. And uh, I believe Rick Ross, uh, the MC and producer, has has in the past compared uh, Baby Williams to something of a cult leader or definitely predatory. But that might be a story for another day. Again, this is uh, one of the most important things we have to say here is we're obviously not denigrating anybody's personal spiritual beliefs. Uh, we just think it's important to know what, uh, like the the murky story behind Shen Yun. And uh, when we, Noel, when we did this for Stuff They Want You Know, we had a lot of folks writing in with their experiences watching the show and how they, how they felt about the themes of persecution that are tied into the historical narrative of the performance. So we would love to hear your thoughts, folks, on uh, if you've ever been to a Shen Yun performance, did you enjoy it? Have you ever been to like a Falun Gong gathering? Uh, if so, what did you think? Did you meet Master Lee? Is he chill? What's he like? Just <laughs> right. Could he uh, read your mind? Was, was he like shining at you? Uh, let us know. You can find us. It's best to just find us as individual people. Ben, I believe you're on Twitter um, until until that thing implodes. But in the meantime, aren't you Ben Bolin HSW? Oh, Noel, you remembered. Thanks, bud. It's not even my birthday. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as uh, at Ben Bolin HSW. Uh, one of the big things there is you can also find Max Williams on Twitter until until uh, Elon burns it down. And you can you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, you can see all the weird adventures I'm getting into and research I'm doing. Uh, spoiler, I got stuff coming up that I probably can't talk about on air, but I'll sneak mentions of it on the old IG where I am at Ben Bolin. And if you're on Instagram, that's where you can also find Mr. Noel Brown. It's true. I'm an open book. You can find me uh, at How Now Noel Brown um, on the old Instagrams. In the meantime, huge thanks to super producer Max Williams uh, for just 
sticking with us. Uh, I know you said you were a little punchy, and and I didn't notice any of that. I think you you you, you really you rolled right through those punchies. Big, big thanks to our research associate, Dr. Zach. Big thanks to our own Master Lee, Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister, Eve's Jeffcoat, Christopher Hasiotis. You know him, you love him. All the hits, folks. It's Friday. We're about to get out of here. I think I might go see a show. I don't know what it'll be, but it's probably not going to be Shen Yun. Savior, I think I might just go to like a farmer's market or something instead. Uh, We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.